up, world? Surpassed first point guard and trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube. We've been on YouTube for a while, but we're on YouTube now. Check us out there as well as wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. Three days a week, all through uh, the first couple weeks of September. We're going to be back at five days a week once the Blazers open up training camp. So whenever we got a new episode, make it your first listen every day. Today's episode is the first installment of the Locked on Blazers season previews. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Trail Blazers. We've done this for three years. I've done this for about three years now. I think it's a good way to sort of get ready for the season. They work as sort of just capsules of our expectations in this moment of time, and we can revisit them at the end of the year to see what we got right and what we didn't. Here's how we'll do it. We'll look at how each player performed last season, uh, if, if when necessary, how they wound up on the Blazers. We'll talk best case and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year, and then we'll finish the episodes with a discussion of likely role and how we expect that player to perform in the 2022-2023 season with your beloved Portland Pinwheels. That's your Trailblazers. This is the first installment of the Countdown to Training Camp. So uh, if you if you are listening, if you're listening back to this one, there are more coming as we'll roll out the rest of them over the next month. So be sure you check it out today. We're talking everyone's favorite fifth-year guard, Anthony Simons. So let's get into it with a recap of how his 2021-22 season went. It was Ant's fourth season, and it was unquestionably his best. He finished with averages of 17.3 points, 2.6 boards, 3.9 assists, with slash lines of 44% from the field, 40% from three, and 88% from the free throw line. His season, though, is best appreciated as broken into two distinct parts. It's before and after the new year. The calendar year was really kind to uh, to Anthony Simons. When it flipped 2022, he flipped the switch. But prior to that, the first 29 games from opening night in October until December 31st, Anthony Simons was a backup. He was behind uh, C.J. McCollum. He was behind Norman Powell. He was behind a, in, in a crowded backcourt situation. He averaged 11.9 points, 2.6 boards, and 2.2 assists, shot 42% from the floor, and 37% from three on just over five attempts per game. His still majority of his shots were coming from deep, but he wasn't a high-volume guy. Things done changed. Damian Lord was done for the season beginning on... Uh, done for the season on December 31st. So that means beginning on January 1st, the Blazers were without Damian Lillard and the keys kind of got turned over to Anthony Simons. There were, uh, you know, also, uh, Am- also CJ McCollum was missing time with uh, an injury and then uh, awaiting the birth of his child. Norman Powell missed a handful of games in there too. So it was Ant's show and it started with a hurry and it started hot, hot, hot. January 3rd, a career high 43 points out dueling Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks in Portland in that same week 38 against Miami 31 and 6 against Sacramento 23 and 11 against Brooklyn 31 and 11 at Washington over the final 27 games Anthony Simons averaged 23.4 points and 5.8 assists and he shot better from the floor and better from three as he became a high-volume shooter. 45% from the floor, 42% from three on 10 attempts per game. He had 11 games of at least 25 points, 7 games of at least 30. And after he had 38 points at Minnesota on March 5th, Simon's season officially ended. He was 
diagnosed, identified, or more accurately shut down with what the team called mild patellar uh, tendinopathy, he had tendinitis in his left kneecap, or he was just too darn good for the Blazers to accomplish their goals, and so they had to get him up out of there. They had to sit Amphrey Simons down. Uh, he didn't, you know, he doesn't play in the final 23 games of the season. He was too good to have on the court. He had gone from uh, being one of having the worst shooting months of his career in December, worst shooting months of, of the last two seasons in December, to being one of the best guards in the league in January. He was just fantastic. And for six weeks, averaging 24 and 5, 24 and 6, basically, for six weeks, is real deal production. The Blazers weren't particularly like lighting the world on fire. They were slightly below 500 over those six weeks, but the roster wasn't very good. And Anthony Simons showed that he can step into a larger role and be something. He went from a guy who had promise, who was taking on bit roles, to a guy when given the keys, when given the role, he took such a massive step forward. The playmaking jump was obvious. The shooting scaled up. Like he, he continued to, he had a much higher usage, much higher responsibility. And he remained a very, very efficient, even straight up percentage wise, a straight up better shooter. Some of that was just like ice cold December, uh, while dealing with some family stuff. Like he just, he took, he wasn't as good. He was having things off the court were affecting him. I think he kind of was able to find some peace after his, his grandfather passed and he got to be with him. And, Part of that piece translated in some ways, and Amphrey Simons admitted as much to him playing just the best basketball of his career. The question isn't sort of what if Ant can get back there. The question is, can Ant in another situation duplicate something similar? Because getting back there would imply that he's the lead guard on this team. That's not going to be his role. So what I want to talk about in the second segment is the best case and worst case scenarios, understanding sort of where Amphrey Simons fits into the puzzle, because the best case scenario is different than what his role will be or role was in January. And the worst case scenario, I think, has changed a little bit because we've seen how good Ant can be. Let's do that in the second segment, talk best case and worst case scenarios for Amphrey Simons. But first, let me tell you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market, the best tasting protein bar that there is. If you're a long-time listener to the show, you've been hearing me tell you about Bilt Bars for three plus years. I love them. Uh, the pack a punch on average 17 grams of protein, 140 calories, just five net carbs or fewer in every bar. Plus great flavors covered in hundred percent chocolate. They got a whole line of puff flavors for the marshmallow fans out there. Or if you're like me, you love peanut butter, brownie, peanut butter, and chocolate plus 17 grams of protein packing a punch tastes great and good for you. Go get yourself some go to built.com and use the promo code. It's updated. I've been telling you a different promo code. It's now they've updated it recently. So update your promo code, save yourself some money. Locked on 15 is the promo code you want to save some money. That's locked on 15 to save 15% at built.com. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Best and worst case scenarios with for Anthony Simon. This is an important caveat here. The best case and worst case scenarios are within reason and with 
without injuries. What I mean by that is we won't talk about MVPs unless it's reasonable for someone to win MVP. Everyone's best case scenario is the best player in the league, but we're doing these within reason and without injury. The worst case scenarios are things that happen on the court. We're not talking about people's bodies breaking down. Within reason and without injury, the best case scenario for Anthony Simons is that nobody, nobody, when discussing the Portland Trailblazers, is lamenting the departure of C.J. McCollum. It is more footnote than headline because Anthony Simons has jumped into that role, seized that role, and if not surpassed it, at least lived up to its production quickly and effectively. He doesn't have to be C.J. McCollum dancing and taking 19-footers and all of the things that make C.J. C.J. He needs to be Anthony Simons, but the production, you know, north of 20 a game and a right hovering around four assists, it's got to be there because the, the best case scenario is that there isn't a discussion. Oh, they missed C.J. Oh, well, since the departure of C.J. McCollum and since the, the, the broke up the backcourt, nobody's talking about the broken up backcourt. The best case scenario is that Anthony Simons hushes that talk because the new Blazers backcourt is so darn special. The best case scenario scenario for Anthony Simons is that he's much closer to his final 27 games than he was his first 29. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. And, and I discussed this leading up to this segment. He's going to play minutes next to Damian Lillard. He's going to play minutes as probably primarily a shooting guard. And then there's a chance that his secondary minutes are also split off the ball with a combination of Josh Hart and Justice Winslow, Josh Hart specifically. Uh, the role will be a little bit different, but the production and because of because of the availability of shots, like there, there's shots to be taken in this offense with this roster and, and Ant's role in it as, the, as their starting shooting guard, that he can push up towards that production that he had the final 30 games when he was averaging 24 and 6 and he was just great and he was scoring you know in scoring 30 points seven times in 29 games like you know a quarter of his nights he went out there and got 30 for him like he was that good the best case scenario yes the best case scenario for Anthony Simons involves showing up in that midseason showcase talking about the all-star game the best case scenario for Anthony Simons, there is a real peak. There is a real peak where the absolute best case scenario for Anthony Simons is that he is an all-star. How he gets there is so much related to the team. There is no calculation that involves Anthony Simons just like statting his way onto the all-star team. The Blazers get get a second all-star. They get Anthony Simons in the all-star game if they're one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. Like, that's that's how good they have to be. His production will be there if they're one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. It won't be. It's not like Ant's going to average 14-3 and three and they're going to have, they're going to be a top four team in the West. If Ant is really good, he's in the all-star, he's in the all-star game. I think a more reasonable way to say this, like, that's the best case scenario, and I want to be clear. There is a path for him to be that good, albeit unlikely. But the, the, the best case scenario might be in a more reasonable is that he's in the all-star conversation. The best case scenario is that when we get to January and February, when you're making this list of, ooh, it's so hard to make the all-star team in the West, that Anthony Simons is on that list. Anthony Simons is, is among the names you say when you say, oh, it's it's difficult, it's challenging, it's all of these things, because you have to include Ant, because you have to include, you know, Anthony Simons, you have to include Anthony Ed Anthony Edwards, you have to include, you know, all, all of these other all of these other guards in the West. Colin Sexton, sure, why not? Like De'Aaron Fox, you know, uh the the sort of that that tier of guards that are clearly good but haven't made the leap to into the all-star fraternity. 
The best case scenario is that Amphrey Simons is absolutely squarely and without question within that conversation and you can't do anything about it. And, and if Ant is there, the best case scenario is that Amphrey Simons is, is an MIP. He's the most improved player in the NBA. He could have taken it like he he could he deserved to be part of the conversation last year like he wasn't um you know he just didn't have the longevity and, and because the Blazers chose to shut him down over the final 20 games he would have I think he would have been right there because he would have had like a 40 game stretch like a full half the season where he was averaging 23 and 5 and it would have been like oh yeah this dude's nuts um I think that stretch hurts his case to make MIP a little bit because you know he ended up averaging he ended up averaging 17 and 4, which means that if he averages like 22 and 5, it doesn't look as like a big of a jump. But you will know the production. You will know the production. If he is the second best offensive player on a team that's darn good, like if the if the Blazers end up darn good, 4-5 four, four, in the West, yeah, he's going to be in that conversation. You know, uh, I don't think, I think every Simons can have an awesome year and not end up MIP. It's a weird award. It's it's an award for guys who, it used to be an award for guys who like make their first all-star game and were like, or were like late career bloomers like Hato Turkoglu. Um, it has become an award for Giannis Antetokounmpo and John Morant, like a young guy who makes a leap into the MVP conversation, but isn't quite MVP good. The award has changed. It has changed the way it's given out. Um, I don't think Ant can jump into the MVP conversation. I don't think that's within realistic this year by any means. So I don't, the MIP stuff is, is just, it's just an odd thing, but I, there is a best case scenario. The best case scenario for Amphrey Simons includes all-star conversation and MIP consideration because he's ready to make that leap offensively. That's the best case scenario. So what's the worst case scenario? The other side of this coin is that his defensive limitations slow the depth of his impact or limit the depth of his impact it's that every simons who by some advanced measurements has been one of the worst defenders in the league over the last three seasons just has never been a positive defender defender in the nba he came in super young he played spot minutes like he basically didn't play as a rookie he played like 19 spot minute games and then the, every single minute of the last game of the season uh and, and then he's had you know increasingly backup roles so like you know these defensive metrics typically uh some of them capture i don't really like defensive rating as a defensive metric but like real adjusted plus minus which accounts for who, who's on the court with you even suggests that 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 simons is is um uh, a regularized adjusted plus minus rapm it it just for who's on the court with you, and even by those those metrics, uh, Ant ranks very poorly defensively. He was young. It's hard to guard. Um, it's hard to guard guards in the NBA. It's hard to be a good defender when you're young. There's so few players, particularly uh, smaller guys, who are good. Then there's just so much to process, so much coming at you, so many um, decisions you have to make on and off the ball. Like it's it's um, you know it's it's. It takes time for guys to make strides. Anthony Simons can become a better defender. But to be clear, he has not been one in the league. And the worst case scenario is he continues to be a minus on defense, which mutes some of his offensive brilliance. It doesn't make him a worse offensive player. It just means that there's a trade-off because he's, you know, he's scoring 30 but giving up 21. It's, uh, it's... 
there is a balance to being, there is a level you can get to where you are so good on offense that the trade-off doesn't matter as much, but there is a worst case scenario where Ant doesn't reach that level on offense and his defense still remains a hindrance to what he can be and what his ceiling is, and thus what the Blazers' ceiling is, because if the backcourt struggles so much on defense, that's the worst case scenario, that they just can't get over the hump and be one of the truly competitive teams. The other worst case scenario, or among the other worst case scenarios for for Anthony Simons, is that his off-ball reps, because he doesn't have the ball as much, reduces his potency. He was so freaking good as a as a pick and roll guy and a lead guard and someone with the ball in his hands. Um, his off-ball numbers suggest that he's one of the best catch and shoot shooters in the league. But you can't. There is a world where the worst case scenario exists where that 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 is true that he's a good catch and shoot player but he is his potency is reduced because he is given more off ball reps because the Blazers want to prioritize Damian Lord on the ball they want to prioritize some Josh Hart on the ball they want to run stuff through Nurk their you know their second unit includes uh in- includes uh Justice Winslow who can handle a little bit like that like there's that you know they need touches for Jeremy Grant where where Ant has his his on ball on-ball opportunities reduced enough that his just general potency is a little bit reduced. A little bit reduced on offense, still a negative on defense. This is what we're talking in the worst-case scenario. The other worst-case scenario is that Amphrey Simons doesn't make the leap as a driver and a rim pressure guy, and his free-throw rate stays relatively low. Simons can shoot it. He's also an incredible athlete. He improved a great deal as a driver last year and as a playmaker on the drive last year, but he still did not. he still was not a great uh, great at getting to the rim, and he was only decent at finishing around the rim once he got there. Getting all the way to the cup was a problem for him. And he's never been a high free throw rate guy. He's always been someone who doesn't get to the line very often. The worst case scenario is that he doesn't take a leap there, and that you combine all of these things. A little bit of, you know, the defense doesn't get there. He has less time on the ball, and and with less time on the ball, he continues to be a really low free throw guy. He becomes less potent. The worst case scenario for every Simons is relatively narrow. I don't think there's a scenario where he like bottoms out and averages 12 a game, right? Like I think the worst case scenario for Ant is like he averages 17 and he's and he shoots 39% from three. But the best case scenario is so much higher. It's 22 plus. It's five dimes. It's all star consideration. It's MIP talk. The difference for Ant being his low expect his his worst case scenario just means that he is a he is a productive offense only guard. And his best case scenario means that his defense jumps up to slightly below average or slightly above average even, and that he maintains his level of positive impact on offense, and he's an absolute force. The best case scenario is that he he wipes away your memory of CJ McCollum, and the worst case scenario is that there's so much mention of the backcourt that was. That's the two scenarios for them. They're for Ant. What I what I believe what I when I'm doing this exercise, what I'm trying to give you is the poles, right? The the far end of the of of the scenario and the high end of the scenario. Everyone is meant to the way this the way we do these best and worst case scenarios is to fall in the middle, and that's what I want to talk about to close the show. What's the realistic role and expectations for Ant? Where in the middle of this best case and worst case scenario is he likely to land? That's what we'll do in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're talking Anthony Simon's season preview, and we want to close the show, or I'm going to close the show. Talking realistic role and expectations for Ant, where he fits between that best case and worst case scenario, where the pendulum is likely to go. 
in general, I think he's going to swing towards his best case scenario because I think he's 20, you know, 23 years old and improving, right? 23 years old and improving. Getting better and took a big jump last year. The question is, can he take another big jump and sustain that for 82 games playing this new role? And the role matters. He's going to start at shooting guard. And in theory, he is going to be the number two option on offense. But because of the addition of Jeremy Grant and the team's plans to get Josh Hart some on-ball opportunities, it seems unlikely that Simons will push too far north of 20 points per game. 20 a game seems very reasonable. I would say 21-4 and seems totally doable. But there is probably not a 25 a game, 25-7 and uh, opportunity there for Ant. Not even skill-wise, just opportunity. If 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 Jeremy Grant is going to be part of this team, he's going to have a role, a, a relatively sizable role on offense. And as long as Josh Hart is here, the way that they've talked about using him is, you know, he could conceivably start at small forward, although I don't think he will, but I think he could close a ton of games at small forward very often. That's another ball handler on the court. Um, if, if, if Josh Hart is the six-man type, They've talked about giving him some primary ball handling duties on the second unit. That takes Ant off the ball a little bit too. So a reasonable role is that starting shooting guard. It's your second leading scorer. It's someone who who can really shoot it. But my concern, not even concern, my hope is that Anthony Simon still gets a ton of opportunities to run pick and rolls and be the lead guard. Uh the Blazers, under you know, under a different coaching staff and different roster, showed that you can have two ball dominant guards and be an elite offense that doesn't move the ball very much. And I think um, there's some aesthetics that Blazer fans don't appreciate about that. And there is a limit to a you know your turn, my turn, pick and roll ISO heavy offense uh, without a lot of variety. There's a limit to where it can go in the playoffs. There's a limit to its ceiling against elite defenses, against the best defense in the league. Absolutely. But there's also some truth to letting players do what they do best is how you maximize them, particularly in the regular season. The trick for coaching is to find a balance between saying, you know what, this dude is an incredible pick-and-roll player. Damon Lord is an incredible pick-and-roll player. We need both Amphrey Simons and Damon Lord to run a bunch of pick-and-rolls because that's the way we're most potent. And we need to move the ball a little bit more. We need more off-ball movement with players. Like, we need more creativity. The challenge is to find both. But my hope is that Simons doesn't reduce the number of pick-and-rolls he runs too drastically. He's going to run fewer than he did in the January to March stretch where he was fantastic just because of the nature and and like reality of the roster. But please don't run too, too few because Anthony Simons was great, great as a pick-and-roll player. He was in the 88th percentile in terms of points per possession in pick-and-roll according to NBA Advanced Stats. Scoring on the same efficiency as Donovan Mitchell. And on a points-per-possession basis, out of pick-and-rolls, Anthony Simons was more efficient than Trey Young, than Chris Paul, than Kyrie Irving. We're talking the elite of the elite guards. Among high-volume guards, elite of the elite. He's, he's you know, Don and Trey and, and Kyrie are some of the best offensive guards in the league. Chris Paul's, you know, one of the best pick-and-roll players in the history of the sport. And Anthony Simons was on par with them in terms of his production. Please don't limit his expectations. My ro- my my or limit his ceiling. My expectations are please don't please don't limit what Ant can do. Because if Ant is is relegated to an off-ball role, if Ant is relegated to an off-ball role, also on that second unit, if you give Josh Hart primary ball handling duties, I 
I understand he'll get some opportunities on Dant will on in, in pick and rolls. I get it. Like I know how basketball works. It's not like if you play shooting guard, you never get a chance to run a pick and roll. But I don't want it to be reduced down to four, five, six attempts a game. I want him to run 15. I want him to run so many because he's so darn good at it. There is there is a there is a need for balance with this because you got a lot of mouths to feed. I think this is one of the the hard parts about this roster is that Ant and Dame are going to be in my mind in my vision pretty heavy usage offensive players, right? Because that's what they do best and you want to maximize what they do best. But you gotta to find touches for Jeremy Grant. You gotta find touches for Nurk. You gotta weave in some some uh Nazir Little stuff. You gotta figure out how Josh Hart fits. You gotta figure out how Gary Payton fits. And then you've got other guys on the bench who want to play. If you're trying to find minutes for Shaden Sharp, he's probably a guy who needs to be included as an offensive, not like focal point by any means, but like you probably don't just park him in the corner either. There is a balance to be struck here. And my expectations is that Ant will have not the usage that he had, the massive usage that he had, you know, when he's pushing up 25% of used possessions in that January to March stretch, but much lower than that, like any lower than 20% is a nightmare for Ant. Like it's a really bad, it's really bad news for him. He's got to still tick up in that low twenties, right? He's got to still tick up and, and be a high usage guy and, and run and do what he does with a high usage guy, run, pick and rolls, attack, attack, shoot, pull up and sidestep threes. He's so darn good at it. I expect Ant to be a, you know, a 20 and four guy. Like, I, I just think that's my expectations are that, that he hits those marks, not even without too much trouble, but like because of the minutes load and the responsibility, 20 and four seems totally reasonable for Ant. I expect some big scoring nights when he gets hot because he can shoot it. One of the best shooters in the league, on ball, off ball, whatever. Pull up shooter, spot up shooter, Ant can get it to the rim. But I want him to continue to be that lead guard, point guardy stuff because that's what made him so special. And my concern for him is that just the nature of the roster reduces those opportunities. So give Ant a chance because that's how he takes that step. If you don't let him maximize what he does on offense, you you do not celebrate his gifts and you do not put him in a position to hit his best case scenario marks. The roster might dictate something a little bit different, but the challenge of this team is getting the most out of what your players do. And if you don't maximize a player's strengths, his weaknesses become even more glaring. We got more of these season previews coming up. We're going to do three next week, so come back and listen. Uh, these are evergreen. You know, you can listen to them all leading up to the leading up to uh, the opening game of the season. We're going to run these through training camp and into early preseason by the time we finish up the entire roster. So if you're listening back to this, there's a whole bunch. There's now a whole bunch. If you're listening to this as it comes out, there are more coming soon. Uh, it's a good way to kind of get prepped for the season, a little capsule of what happened with players. And I think it's helpful when we revisit them at the end of the year. It was like, what did we think that Amphrey Simons was going to do and how close did we get? It's a way to keep myself accountable with some version of predictions. That is going to do it for today's show come back and listen to us we'll have more shows next week three more coming at you tell your friends about this podcast i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon